Guys! Guys! Okay, everyone. Gather around. It's time to hear the greatest story ever told on this edition of Bible Study Podcast. Welcome back, friends, and hello to any of you who are newcomers. Uh, This is Bible Study Podcast, and my name is Justin. I'll be your host tonight as we've been navigating through the Gospel of John. Now, I know it seemed like forever since we've been able to continue with our study of the Gospel of John, but we'll have to wait one more week, because this week I want to cover something with you that I think is important, and that's Easter. Seeing as it's Good Friday today, I I felt it was important for us to take a little bit of time and, and understand why it is that we celebrate Easter. So we'll be looking at Easter today, and hopefully it will prepare you as you enter this weekend. First though, I'd like to thank all of you who have been emailing me. You've had some great questions and comments, and, and I really appreciate them. Now, if you would like to be a part of this growing crowd of emailers, feel free to contact me at BibleStudyPodcastJustin at gmail.com. I'd also like to give you our fitness tip of the week, which was sent in by email from Victor in Texas. His advice is to just say no. He makes a great point that one of the first steps we must take when we begin to exercise and diet is that we must learn when to say no to family and friends. That is, we must be able to say, no, I have set this time aside to work out, or no, I've committed not to eat the whole pizza. <laughs> that was convicting for me, but we must be able to set aside a time and stick to it. Might I also add that this is also great advice for your personal study of the Bible as well. Pick a time and stick with it and say no. So thanks a lot, Victor, and if you have any ideas, please send them to Bible Study Podcast Justin at gmail.com. I might also like to ask you uh, for some advice. My wife, Jen, is very skilled at making beautiful craft items, and she's especially good at scrapbooking. So uh, she's decided to try to take this hobby and see if she can make some extra income for her house by making journals and diaries and day planners and, and many other things by hand and customizing them and selling them. Now here's where we're asking for your help. We have no clue how to get her name out. We have no clue where to advertise, how to sell, what what we should do, or even what other items she should make so that people will, you know, would like them. So if you have any tips for getting a home business like this started, please email me at BibleStudyPodcastJustin at gmail.com. And I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll take all those suggestions and put it into one list, and I'll post it as a comment on today's podcast. So um, you can go to BibleStudyPodcast.org. That's www.BibleStudyPodcasts.org. And, and you'll be able to see them. So hopefully those of you who have your own idea for a, an in-home business maybe can gain some benefit from that advice too. So if you have any advice, please go ahead and email that to me. And uh, thanks a lot, and we look forward to hearing from you. As we prepare to unite our hearts in prayer, I'd like to ask you to remember Toby and Matthew in your prayers this week. Toby's battling a bit of a sore throat and had to postpone his podcast, so please pray for his recovery. And uh, Matt's having to prepare for big family get-together, and as many of you can attest to, he probably feels like a chicken running around with his head cut off, so be in prayer for he and his wife, Jill. Uh, with that, let's go to God in prayer. Our wonderful Father, you're the holy God, and we pray that your kingdom would come quickly, and that your will would be carried out in us this day. Please continue to provide for us, as you have in the past, and, and teach us your ways. Thank you for the grace of sending your Son, and help us to learn to trust Him more. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 
Okay, today I would like, as I said earlier, likes to uh, take a look at Easter. Now, a lot of us have traditions that kind of surround different holidays and make them special to us. I, I know a Christmas tradition in my family was having all the grandkids gathered together and my uncle reading the Christmas story to us before we would open gifts. And, and as I was thinking about this, I kind of realized that we really don't have this kind of tradition for Easter. Yet it could be argued that this is the most important holiday of the year for the Christian. So I want to start a Bible study podcast tradition, if I could, of, of just reading through the Easter story so, so we can really see what it is we're celebrating. Now, I've called this podcast the greatest story ever told because I truly believe it is. The Easter story is not one of candy or bunnies or anything else, but it's the story of redemption, of salvation. It's the climax point of the entire Bible as the Old Testament points us to this event. And the rest of the New Testament teaches us how to live as a result of this event. In fact, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians fifteen, twelve through verse 19, Now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. And your faith also is vain. Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God, because we testified against God that He raised Christ, whom He did not raise, if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You're still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. You see, the story of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection are the crux of Christianity. Without them, there are no Christians. And that's why I feel that it is important that we get to know this story and that we go over it. Now, I'm going to go ahead and warn you that I'm, for the most part, just going to read the account as recorded in John 18 through 20. I'll explain some things briefly, and, and for time reasons, we'll probably be forced to skip some parts, but I just want to expose you to the story itself and let it rest in your mind. I want to ask you to consider the price that Christ paid for your sins and for mine as we enter this holy weekend, I guess you'd call it. Now, if you're looking for a deeper study through these passages, I, I have really benefited personally from Chuck Swindoll's treatment of them on Insight for Living this last few weeks. And, and I think there are some other good teachings you can hear. And so I'm going to give you links to these websites on BibleStudyPodcast.org. And I'm also going to put up a link to... Uh, an article called The Resurrection According to Tom. It's actually a very good narrative. It's pretty short, but it's good to read where someone takes the story of the resurrection and kind of transposes it into a 2008 setting through the eyes of Thomas. And, and it's very good. I, I would really encourage you to read it. So I'm going to put links to that up on the website. So just look for that. Now let me warn you, though, before we start, the story's dramatic. It's not glossed over. It's not made to look pretty. It includes violence, has deceit, treachery, betrayal, lots of pain. But it's authentic. It's true. And I think you'll be changed by its hearing. So, uh, with no further ado, let, let's get started in John chapter 18. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the ravine of the Kidron, where there was a garden in which he entered with his disciples. Now Judas also, who was betraying him, knew the place, for Jesus had often met there with his disciples. 
Judas then, having received the Roman cohort and officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. So Jesus, knowing all the things that were coming upon him, went forth and said to them, Whom do you seek? And they answered him, Jesus the Nazarene. So he said to them, I am he. And Judas also, who was betraying him, was standing with them. So when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Therefore he again asked them, Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus the Nazarene. And Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these go their way. Speaking of the disciples. Fulfilling the word which he spoke, Of those whom you have given me, I lost not one. Simon Peter then, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's slave and cut off his right ear. And the slave's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Put the sword into the sheath. Put it up. The cup which the Father has given me, shall I not drink it? So the Roman cohort and the commander and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. And they led him to Annas first, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. Now Caiaphas was the one who advised the Jews that it was expedient for one man to die on behalf of the people. And the high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. And Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I always taught in synagogues and in the temple, where all the Jews come together. And I spoke nothing in secret. Why do you question me? Question those who have heard what I spoke to them. They will know what I said. When he said this, one of the officers standing nearby struck Jesus, saying, Is that the way you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken wrongly, testify of the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? So Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas into the praetorium, and it was early. And they themselves did not enter the praetorium, so that they would not be defiled, but might eat the Passover. Therefore Pilate went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, If this man were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him to you. So Pilate said to them, Take him yourself, and judge him according to your law. It's your problem, by the way. And the Jews said to him, We're not permitted to put anyone to death. Fulfilling the word of Jesus which he spoke, signifying by what kind of death he was about to die. Therefore Pilate entered again into the praetorium and summoned Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Are you saying this on your own initiative or did others tell you about me? So Pilate answered, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priest delivered you to me. What have you done? So Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Therefore Pilate said to him, So you are a king. And Jesus answered, You say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born. For this I have come into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. So Pilate said to him, What is the truth? When he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no guilt in him. But you have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover. 
Do you wish then that I release for you the king of the Jews? So they cried out again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Is it not ironic that the robber, the thief, the sinner, was exchanged for Christ? Pilate then took Jesus and scourged him. Scourging was basically where a soldier would tie a prisoner over a post, fully exposing his back, and begin to beat him with a rod that had many leather straps tied to it. On the ends of these straps were usually tied hooks, or metal, or bone, and the stick would be called a scorpion, because it had all the arms hanging out. And when the soldier would beat the person on the back, the straps would often go through the prisoner's body, go all the way around it, and be attached to his flesh, so that when the soldier would pull the rod back up, would literally rip the flesh of the prisoner off of his body. Some beatings were so severe that bones and organs were literally exposed and ripped in half. A prisoner, like Jesus, was often given at least 40 lashes, although there was no true limit under Roman law. It was devastating. It killed many, and those who lived literally were defigured. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and put a purple robe on him on top of the flesh wounds he had just taken. And they began to come up to him and say, Hail, King of the Jews! And to give him slaps in the face, blows in the face, literally punching him. Pilate came out again and said to them, Behold, I am bringing him out to you so that you may know that I find no guilt in him. Jesus then came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. So when the chief priests and officers saw him, barely a man, so badly beaten, they cried out saying, Crucify, crucify. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. And the Jews answered him, We have a law, and by that law we ought to, he ought to die, because he even made himself out to be the Son of God. Therefore, when Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid, and he entered into the praetorium again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. He was silent as a lamb before the slaughter. So Pilate said to him, You do not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you, and I have authority to crucify you? Jesus answered, You have no authority over me, unless it has been given you from above. For this reason, he who delivered me to you has the greater sin. And as a result of this, Pilate made efforts to release him, but the Jews cried out, saying, If you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Everyone who makes himself out to be a king opposes Caesar. Therefore, when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the pavement, but in Hebrew, Kabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, Behold, your king! So they cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! But Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? 
The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Man, they didn't know how true that statement was. And so Pilate handed Jesus over to them to be crucified. And they took Jesus, therefore, and he went out, bearing his own cross, to the place called the place of the skull, which is in Hebrew, Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two other men, one on either side, and Jesus in between. And Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It was written, Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. Therefore many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. and was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. So they knew what it said. So the chief priests of the Jews were saying to Pilate, Don't write this. Don't write the king of the Jews. But that he said, I am the king of the Jews. We don't want it to say he is the king of the Jews. We want it to say that he said that. But Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his outer garments and made four parts, a part to every soldier and also the tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it, to decide whose it shall be. And this was to fulfill the scripture. They divided my outer garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Therefore the soldiers did these things. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus then saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, John, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, John, Behold your mother. From that hour the disciple took her into his own household. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things had already been accomplished to fulfill the scripture, said, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine upon a branch of hyssop, and brought it up to his mouth. Therefore, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head, and gave up his spirit. The torture had ended. He was dead. Then the Jews, because it was the day of preparation for the Passover, so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, asked that Pilate would break the legs that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first man and of the other who was crucified with him. But coming to Jesus, when they saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out signifying that his blood had separated and he was dead. And he who has seen has testified and his testimony is true and he knows that he is telling the truth so that you may also believe. For these things came to pass to fulfill the scripture. Not a bone of him shall be broken. And again another scripture says they shall look on him who they have pierced. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but a secret one for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate granted permission. So he came, and he took away his body. 
Nicodemus, a friend from chapter 3, who had first come to him by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds weight. So they took the body of Jesus, and they bound it in linen wrappings with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had been laid yet. Therefore, because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb while it was still dark, and saw the stone already taken away from the tomb. So she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, John, whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter and the other disciple went forth, and they were going to the tomb. The two were running together, and the other disciple ran ahead faster than Peter, and came to the tomb first, and stooping and looking in, he saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. And so Simon Peter also came, following him, and entered the tomb, and he saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the face cloth which had been on his head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. So the other disciple who had first come to the tomb, that's John, then also entered, and he saw and he believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. So the disciples went away to their own homes. But Mary was standing outside the tomb weeping. And so as she wept, she stooped and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had been lying. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know it was Jesus. And he said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, Stop clinging to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go, go to my brethren, and say to them, I ascend to my Father and your Father and my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came, announcing to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. So when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he said this, he showed them both his hands and his side the scars and the disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord so Jesus said to them again peace be with you as the father has sent me I also send you when he had said this he breathed on them and said to them receive the Holy Spirit if you forgive the sins of any their sins have been forgiven them if you retain the sins of any their sins have been retained but Thomas one of the twelves called Didymus was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were saying to him, We've seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I can see in his hands the imprint of the nails, and put my finger into the place of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I, I just can't believe it. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. And Jesus came 
the doors having been shut, and stood in their midst. He walked through the door, and he said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach here with your finger and see my hands, and reach here with your hand and put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believe. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord, my God. Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who did not see and yet believed. Therefore many other signs Jesus performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Well, friends, I I hope this has given you the context of Easter, and I pray that you will use this holiday to share your faith and let the whole world know that Jesus Christ is risen, and thus we can be saved. And, And I hope you'll do as Jesus said. He said, Now, just as I have come again, I send you. So have a great holiday, guys, and uh, until we meet again, may God bless and keep you. In this trying time, I do believe. In this trying time, Lord, I. This lesson has been brought to you by BibleStudyPodcast.org, a paraministry of Clean Slate Evangelical Ministries, which is a nonprofit listener-supported ministry based in Monroe, North Carolina. While our desire is that your primary giving be done with your local church, if the Lord is leading you to support our ministry, we do depend on your support to keep our ministry going and growing. If you feel the Lord calling you to support our ministry, you can go to BibleStudyPodcast.org and click on support on the right-hand side. You can make a tax-deductible donation from there. By doing so, you'll be helping us to reach multitudes of people each and every month from around the world who, just like yourself, desire to find answers and meaning in Scripture. We thank you for listening today, and we pray that the Lord blesses you and draws you closer to Him. Keep growing closer to Jesus.